This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you gotta grow up sometime. It's still going, so. All right. Wow. What a fun day. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're off to a great start. I had to, I stayed up too late last night working on my edits, screwed around, forgot to watch the episode, had to get up early. I like was in bed. I was like, shit, I forgot to watch episode 16 of The Greatest Show Ever Made, Swans Crossing. <laughs> because this is Gotta Grow Up Sometime, and I'm Libby Grant. I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. Yes. And um, so I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get up first thing in the morning and I'll watch it. So I did. Which is great, but then I didn't have time to eat breakfast, so I was like, "Well, I'll just grab a muffin in on the way to the theater." My God, I forgot it's tourism season. Oh yeah, it's nuts out there. And this island is making up for the whole pandemic year when no one was here. It's like ten tourist seasons at once. Yeah, it it is insane out there right now, and uh, the the way that. Our lodging is being booked right now. I'm actually having trouble getting like rooms for our guest artists who are coming to stay, who are coming to play at the theater. Yeah, like, yeah, it's bananas. Here's the weird thing: you can't get off this island reliably right now unless you have an emergency because the ferries are so full that like you can't make reservations six weeks out to get a ferry off the island. Jeez Louise, it's just absurd. So um, I have a bunch of travel I'm going to be doing in August, and I have told everybody involved, listen, I have to walk on the ferry, you're going to have to come pick me up, and I will rent a car, but there's like... But here's the thing, you're a big deal, so people are going to do that. <laughs> I'm not a big deal. You're, you're a huge deal. No. Nathan's lying, I'm you're not a big deal. You're a professional word I, person. I might be a big deal in about eight months here. Oh! But, but not yet. We did indeed watch episode 16 of Swan's Crossing, and what an episode it was. It, typical Monday episode, I would say. Yeah. Like, the the big thing has happened mm-hmm. on Friday, so Monday is the episode where we deal with the big thing that happened. And it should be noted that this is still the same day as the big baseball game. Yes, it is. But boy, it was all over the map in terms of what all the character All the characters are kind of branching off into a variety of interesting directions now. I, I would say a wide range of... Uh, of filming styles, like a, a sort of yes. a sort of amalgam of genres. We did if get you a lot will. of genres. I have some genre notes later for sure. <laughs> oh lord. Okay, well let's go over your predictions from last week's episode. Excellent. You predicted that rejection was going to send Garrett into a psychopathic rage, wherein he scorched earth destroys Sydney and or someone else. Mm. Didn't exactly happen no, this time, but, you know, really. I'm not necessarily ruling it out yet. I feel like Garrett's playing the long game. Garrett the always plays game. the long game. Yep. Neil and JT, you predicted, would try to get back into science, and the glory triangle would resume. Man, I 0 mean, for 2. 50% right on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, 50%. Yeah. More Callie, Saja, and Jimmy back at the tool and die. Kinda. Kinda, yep. Yeah. Barrick yeah. would do more creepy innuendo shit. No Barrick. Did not happen. Yeah. And you predicted there would be some strategy around the mayoral race. And that's, you know, yeah. kind of. We got a little bit of Muffy. A little bit right of Muffy. At the, right at the sort of very beginning. Just a, a hint of Muffy. <laughs> a hint of Muffy. <laughs> well, we open on Garrett on the pitcher's mound, 
concentrating on the pitch he's about to throw. And he's actually pitching to someone other than, what was his name? Milo. Milo. Milo, yeah. the big kid who was like the only Newport player. Right. During Apparently the last Milo game. is not the only player for Newport. They found another one. <laughs> Excellent. Camera cuts. We see we're actually in Swan's soda shop. And all the kids are watching a replay of the game on the wall of TVs. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of community theater casts getting together to watch the post-show video. It's totally. It's the post-show party. So that they can celebrate how excited they are about what they've just done. Oh my god. <laughs> These are this, this show was made for, by, and about theater nerds. Yep. That's why we like it so much. Exactly. Well... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> get all these cameras with all these different exciting angles to film this game and alternate question why did they blow so much money on a middle school baseball game well great questions number one rich people thing <laughs> number two rich people thing yeah. so but you do remember that we got a lot of shots of the control room of the television studio for the baseball yeah. game. So I would assume that every single one of Swans Crossing's minor league sports is in fact covered this way. Uh, I guess. Uh, I mean, this game had high production values, I will tell you that, because the camera zooms under Saj. Like, the kids watch that oh, yeah. shot. Uh-huh. Where the camera as ball zooms under Saj's legs, and all the kids in the show soda shop cheer and groan, so we know they're actually watching this yeah. on the screen. So, GoPros for baseballs in the 1990s? I mean, that has to be a rich people thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we also get the replay of the shot of Garrett knocking Owen out of the way to catch the ball. Oh which, yeah, violent. Which is important because that's going to come back later. Should be noted, Owen seems to be feeling a lot better after getting knocked over. He is no longer limping or appears to have any bruising of any kind. He fortunately does not have to crawl like a reptile. If he does, it's out of choice, not necessity. Right. Nancy smells blood because JT is kind of bummed out mm -hmm. that he didn't make the crucial play to win the big game. She is a shark. She comes over in his lowest moment and says, Garrett says you have great potential as an outfielder. <laughs> That's what he's telling everyone. Now, I do want to... This is actually one of my favorite moments in the episode because JT and Neil and Katie walk away from the crowd that are watching the monitors. Yeah. And they walk sort of towards the other side of the soda shop where Nancy is standing, like, on her tiptoes as if she's trying to see the monitors... From the other side of the room. There is no one else over there. The only reason Nancy is there is because she has the next line. <laughs> Sandy comes over to Owen and tries to put some ice on the massive shiner he's brewing. And he keeps like pushing her hand away because it's cold. And, and she says, it's going to swell. And he says, I like swelling. <laughs> Bet you do, Owen. I bet you do. Ooh. Oh, Jazz arrives with victory floats. She's always pushing these goddamn floats. Right? They uh, are obviously reused Mila floats. So gross. Like, they're turning brown by this point. They're no longer pink. Exactly. Uh, Sanja, Callie, and Jimmy are sitting at a table. They're reliving Sanja's game-winning game -winning Homer. And Sanja says, It was just a matter of the ball connecting with the stick. And yet, I still haven't found my place in the universe on third base. <laughs> what? I don't know. Are you talking about? <laughs> Saja. Jimmy is, like, actually kind of friendly to Saja. Like, he's not in a terrible mood yet. Right. Like, right. he's okay. He gets up like he's gonna, I don't know, go to the bathroom or something, just so there can be a camera cross. 
Because we gotta get to JT and Glory. Right. Glory, you can't just cut. You can't just, like, have a, a hard cut, you know, or a dissolve or something. No, you gotta f- follow that camera on somebody. So, yeah, Glory is just, like, so happy that JT and Garrett actually work together. And JT says nothing. Like, yeah. there's no, like, Glory is going on about how exciting it is that they won the game together, and JT is just silent. JT's a real pain in the hole in this yeah. episode. Garrett enters to wild cheers and applause. Oh my god. And we then the camera turns, and we see, he's with Mila. Oh my god! He, he says, no autographs, please. And then Glory's like, where's Sydney? And Garrett goes... I don't know, and I don't care. And then there are these stupid smiles between Garrett and Mila. Honestly, though, at this point, I'm very much on Garrett's side. Listen, though. uh, Sydney broke the compact. For sure. She broke the cucking contract. (laughs) These are the consequences of her actions. I get it. But also, I think it's funny that Garrett and Mila showed up late. Like, everyone else except for Sydney is there already. (laughs) They stroll in late, and then they give each other these looks. They were making out. They definitely were making out. 100%. Mila takes his hand. Uh, gasp. Yeah. yeah. Just as the cu- camera cuts back to the ball field. Right. I will, it is funny to me how fast they cut away <laughs> from that. Like, it's like, hand hold. What? 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 Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Blink and you'll miss it. Did that uh. really happen? Uh, Muffy's still talking to those damn reporters. It feels like it has been hours at this point. My favorite bit of Muffy wisdom during this scene is, as the twig is bent, so shall the tree go. (laughs) I think we need to... I'm not sure that this is going to continue, but if it does, I would like to start including a subsection on Muffy wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) That might be. I'll have to watch ahead a little bit and see if we can drum something up. Is there enough for a Muffy wisdom segment? Possibly. Okay. We'll see. It would be great. Ongoing thing. Uh, Sydney glances back at the pitcher's mound. It's empty, and the red rose is in shambles, as if Garrett has trampled it underfoot. The petals are all over (laughs) the pitcher's mound. The rose got stomped. And Uh, then we get the theme song, One New Fix One. Excellent. Uh, The reporters ask Muffy about Grant's candidacy. And uh, Muffy just is like, if I do my job, the people will reelect me, blah, blah, blah. The children, blah, blah, blah. We'll be, uh, Sydney and I will be working side by side right next to each other throughout the project. And then she turns and Sydney is gone. (laughs) Sydney has vanished. She has disapparated. She is no longer in this reality. Back in the cafe, everyone cheers for the home team. They start chanting Swans Crossing over and over just in case you forgot what show we're watching. And uh, (laughs) Katie is like, look who's here. (laughs) It's the coach. Hold on. Someone keeps buzzing me. I'm like, oh, it's my sister. I need to. uh, I I watched this away from my normal desk. And so I need to Go put for my it. notes in my format here. I can't believe how many notes I take about this stupid <laughs> show. I know Just too. you. I can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> I believe three thousand words. That's oh. what my word document says today. Three thousand words. Oh that is gosh. how much. That's how much I write every day in my novels. <laughs> and you're doing this for Swans Crossing. Yeah, I'm not oh, getting paid word. for this, man. <laughs> So the coach comes in, Jazz hands him a victory float, and then raises her eyebrows. I don't know if you've caught this moment, but they are definitely doing it. 
Oh, Jazz and, and Coach Tuna? They're... Oh, definitely. Wow. There is something going on there. Wow. There is. Go back and look at the tape. I'm going to check it out. The coach leads a float toast for the entire room. They all react as if they've just won the World Series. That mm-hmm. That is a baseball thing, right? Yes, but okay. the World Series is a baseball thing. Nailed it. Yeah. Garrett says to Mila, oh, the coach is going to come over and like, you know, he's going to come over and congratulate Garrett personally because he's such a hero. And... It doesn't happen. Before we go on about the coach, though, can we talk for just a second about the the extra in the orange and purple striped dress. I didn't notice this person. It. I'm not even sure it's a dress. It looks like a giant t-shirt. And the, the stripes are roughly five inches horizontal, <laughs> orange and purple. Okay. And it is glorious. There, she's just kind of in the shot as we pan to Mila and Garrett. <laughs> But she, the the outfit is so loud that I actually like stopped the. I was like, I need to look at this longer because <laughs> it, it's a huge oversized T-shirt. I think that probably that that essentially like comes down to this girl's knees. Oh my god! It's amazing. Wow, okay. I love it. Yeah, Coach goes over to Saja instead of Garrett. And one of the things that I love about this moment is that it's incredible to me how the noise in the cafe immediately dies down <laughs> as soon as soon as we need it to for them to hear what happens, for us to hear what happens at the stable. Yeah, oh, it's great. Uh, Saja tells the coach that he was just obeying, a, a, just obeying a wiser one than he, and he's like, oh, Callie taught me what I knew. So then the coach asked Callie to be his assistant, of course. And Jimmy's like, that's all we need. Why did Jimmy just suddenly flip the dick switch? Girl assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Get your warlock father to take care of it, Jimmy. Yeah. Duh. Do a little ritual, buddy. Cast yourself a circle. Bring down your enemies. Have you learned nothing from (laughs) Aleister Crowley? Right. So Garrett's like, okay, now he's coming over. And at this moment, I legitimately thought Maybe Garrett didn't say his line in the right place the first time. (laughs) It is very awkward. It's very weirdly spaced and cut and everything. But Coach passes by Garrett and asks how Owen's doing. Yeah, and then Owen's like sitting pretty near Garrett, so Garrett kind of overhears and makes this shitty little comment. And Coach just turns around and gives him this look like, fuck you, buddy. (laughs) Right? My My favorite thing about the thing that Garrett says, so Coach has just asked Owen how he is, and Garrett says, why ask him? He'd be the last to know. What are you talking about? The things that you say make no sense. Oh, the writing in this show. Ugh. So coach kind of like, like Garrett fishes around for praise from the coach for a while. And the coach is like not giving him anything. He refuses to admit that Garrett did well. And Garrett goes, I know what's bothering you. You think you're going to lose me. <laughs> Garrett, you are 14 years old. Yeah, you're a, you have a lot of other options. There's a lot of other Little League teams that are coming knocking on your door, Mr. Yeah, Booth. Yeah, also, he's not even that great at baseball. Like, we watched him pitch like shit several times, and he attempted to murder Owen. Also true. So, we cut over to Jimmy and Callie and Sanja again. Uh, Jimmy starts taking off, and... They're like, where are you going? And he's like, you ever stick around for a victory party you had no part of? Oh, Jimmy. Shut up, Jimmy. God, I just want to slap him. He's such a mopey little dickweed today. Also, is it just me or did they just replace Saja with Neil? Yeah, they did. Okay, great. It's just Neil instead of Saja now for no reason. (laughs) Neil does does not read the social social situation at all, which like solidarity Neil, I'm right there with you. He starts babbling about how great the game was. 
And Jimmy tells Callie he's headed for the tool and die to put his life back together. It's a little melodramatic. A little. Garrett, uh, back at the coach, is offering to sign on for five years <laughs> with the Little League team. Which I think... How old is Garrett? Would that put him he's, in like his he's early... maybe 15 at the most. Okay. Like early 20s when he gets done with this Little League contract. Right? Five years, bargain rates, lawyers all sign. Dude, you no one gets paid to play Babe Ruth League. Yeah. Come on. There are no contracts, no pay. Like, I kind of feel like Garrett should be smarter than this. He yeah. is just being so dumb right now. Yeah. Coach pulls him aside to quote unquote show him something, and then Mila turns to Glory and asks her to tell her all about Garrett. So oh. Mila is obviously fairly smitten at this point. Yeah, she's like, "Tell me everything about him." And then she and Glory's like, "Uh, like what?" And Mila says, "Well, I wasn't sure if Garrett really liked me. Has he ever talked about me before the game?" And Glory goes, "Not really." <laughs> because Garrett's sort of strange about those things. And then Mila's like, that's what I like about him. He's not like any boy I've ever known. <laughs> that is for sure. Listen, Definitely true, but not in the way you think. I've been a fan of Last Podcast on the Left for about 10 years now, so I've heard a lot of deep dives into the psyches of serial killers over the years. <laughs> I can say with a very high degree of confidence that Garrett is one head injury, head injury away from building a murder castle. <laughs> The signs are all over him. As Mila's going on about like how she was worried nobody here was going to like her, <laughs> Glory says, We're all really nice people in Swan's Crossing, which sounds like something you would program a robot to say. It does. It does. Like, it, it, Glory's innocence and her inability to see how awful everyone is around her is very sweet. And it is played very well by the actor. We, I would, couldn't remember her name last week when we talked about her. But it's Carissa Dalbo, or maybe Carissa, I'm not sure. But we love her so much. Yeah, She's the best. She is so good. Anyway, right on cue, the second she says everyone in Swan's Crossing is nice, Nancy comes <laughs> over. <laughs> she starts dragging Mila in her signature style. Mm-hmm. And they're about to really get into it when Jazz comes over and essentially like hands Nancy a tray of floats to distribute. And this this line. You emailed me about this one. Oh my gosh. Nancy goes, always happy to help the help. Oh my God. Oh, I just want to kill her so much. Uh, She's so terrible and I love it. I love it. She's the greatest villain of all time. Uh, so Nancy, now pressed into unpaid labor, wanders away to distribute floats. And Jazz says to Mila, what's the problem? Mila goes, what's her problem? <laughs> Jazz says, she has a lot of them. <laughs> She does. It's true. Nancy's a head case, but she's still my favorite character. Jazz explains that walking in on the arm of the baseball star was enough to frizz Nancy's hair for a week, <laughs> which is the best way to describe Nancy's <laughs> state of mind. And she points to the wall of TVs and we can see that Coach Tuna has taken Garrett over to watch videos of him playing hmm. and point out all his weaknesses as a player, which I love. Take that nascent Ted Bundy down a few pegs, Coach. <laughs> It's excellent. <laughs> Glory looks over longingly at JT, who has just received a float from Neil, and he refuses it. Oh. JT? Not hungry? Something must be terribly wrong. Something is afoot. The boys exchange science boy lingo to express their moods. JT doesn't want to stop moping, even though Neil gives him some really good reasons to stop. Yep. Neil also puts one of those little paper umbrellas into the spout of the ketchup dispenser. I missed that part. Yeah. Thank you. It was a lovely moment. Uh, <laughs> JT's complaining about Garrett's bragging, and Glory comes over to defend Garrett, and then Neil tries to get him working, 
JT refuses. He's just not in the mood. And then when he says that, I was like, oh, JT, do you have a headache? <laughs> He's just not in the mood, buddy. Uh, Sandy is wandering around fretting over Owen, and she tells him to go home and lie down. And he's like, yeah, maybe I should. And then she goes, don't you want to get your jacket back? Then, My God. Owen turns, looks over at Mila, and has an instant fever dream. <laughs> You knew it was coming, folks. We warp back into Owen's spank bank footage reel. I really need you to just walk. Do you have the Do you have the dialogue written down? Because I do. Okay, I do. Just walk us through. So because it's so beautiful. Suddenly, Mila is alone in the darkened cafe, wearing her peaches and cream Barbie sparkle dress with Owen's jacket over it. Owen's jacket. This is a unique Owen fantasy sequence in that Mila actually does something other than smile awkwardly. She comes toward him and says. Owen, I want to wear this jacket forever and ever. And he says, It's wash and wear. (laughs) It's wash and wear. And then she says, I don't remember what she said. I'll treasure it always. (laughs) I was laughing too hard over it's wash and wear. Yeah. It's so good. Nathan, did you ever give a crush your jacket to wear when you were a kid? I did not. I did some dumbass things, but this was not one. I mean, I would, <laughs> like, I, I'm sure I gave women, like, articles of clothing when they were cold, but not like this. <laughs> also, gotta remember, I was also homeschooled, so we That's didn't true. have letter jackets, you But know? you guys didn't, did you ever do anything, like, did all the homeschool families get together to have, like, dances oh, or yeah, something? Oh, yeah, 100%, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a lot of that. I mean... I, I did theater with a bunch of homeschoolers, and there yeah. were like 90 people in the production of Fiddler on the Roof that we played. Ah, yes. So, like, the cursed production of Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, with the, with the fire on the stage. We're going to do that for sure for a bonus content <laughs> episode, because it is a great story. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Swan's Crossing. It doesn't, but it's really good. <laughs> Out of Owen's spank bank reel, Sandy is still asking him about getting his jacket back, and he goes, Nah. <laughs> And then Sandy drags him out of the cafe by his arm. The whole time, he's looking back at Mila like a total goober. Yep, total goober. And then we cut to Sydney. Oh, God, I love this part and so much. This is this is the genre swap we've been waiting for. <laughs> yes. She is one, running through the woods <laughs> in a white dress with this classic romantic comedy music where somebody's running through the airport to catch the plane that their loved one is on yeah. that they're trying to stop, you know? And to no one, Sydney screams, Garrett, I'm coming! <laughs> over and over. I have so many questions about the choices the production people made for this scene. Why is she running through a forest? Why didn't she walk down the street to Swan's Cafe? Like, I mean, everyone else, do you have to go through a bleak gothic woodland to get to Swan's Cafe? I assume so. To me, this this reeks of that scene in Pride and Prejudice where she crosses to the other house and gets rained on so she has to stay. Right. Like, that's what this is to me. Yeah, she is crossing the moors. I, I would give anything to interview Sarah Michelle Gellar, but all I want to talk to her about is what it was like to film this scene. <laughs> because it's amazing. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar, if you're out there listening to this podcast, first of all, you have better things to do. We love you. You're the best. But secondly, get at us. <laughs> yeah, I really want to talk to you about this. We cut to commercial. When we get back, we're at the wall of TVs. 
Coach Tuna replays the moment where Garrett violently assaults Owen on the home plate, he freezes the video and he says, if you ever do this again, you're gone for the season. Thunderous applause for somebody <laughs> finally laying down some boundaries for this absolute narcissist. Yes, please. No one wins the game by himself. Consider yourself warned. Seriously, he really lays into Garrett. And in the background, we see that Nancy is overhearing it all. No, no, but here's the thing. I didn't notice Nancy until Coach Tuna left. Oh! I didn't see her. And so, to me, the moment happened where Coach Tuna leaves, Garrett turns around and Nancy's <laughs> right there. She's always there when you're at your lowest moment. And I loved it. I loved it so much. She's just on the other side of the counter and she's like leaned in like she's been listening to the whole conversation. It was so good. Nancy is like, I just realized this. She is the equivalent of the shame wizard in Big Mouth. Have you seen Big Mouth? It's, I've only seen a couple episodes. It's uh, very good. You'll I, have to like someday if you ever see the, the shame wizard episodes, which are like the peak of the, of the whole series. It's wonderful. She is absolutely the shame wizard. So anyway... Um, Nancy actually overhears Coach Coach Garami say to Garrett, if you get into any trouble at all, on or off the field, you're gone for the season. And, so, when, and when Garrett turns around, Nancy goes, victory floats, anyone? <laughs> Looks him dead in the eye, too. <laughs> so she knows now that Garrett's on dickhead probation. So Fortunately, we cut away from this awkwardness to the tool and die. Thank goodness. Where uh, Callie shows Jimmy Barrick's bike. And then Jimmy starts working on his own bike as he and Callie talk about Barrick. The energy in this scene is so weird. It's so strange. Like, it really reads like Jimmy has uncovered the affair that Callie has been having with Barrick, except she hasn't been having one. Like... Like, she's being all guilty, and he's, like, vaguely accusatory while still kind of coming to some weird, dull acceptance that, like, this has happened. It's haunting me. My favorite thing about this is that he asks where the screwdriver is, and she gets it, and she's like, we rearranged some things after your accident. And Jimmy says, so you say. Like... Were they having sex all over the tool I, and die? Just like this, the way this scene is written and then the way it was directed is so. I feel like no one involved, from the writers all the way down to the actors, had any idea what's actually supposed to be going on between right. these three characters, Callie, Jimmy, and Barrick. No one understands no this. No clue. No clue. And it should also be noted that these three characters have not been in the same scene together. No. We've only seen Callie and Barrick, and Jimmy and Barrick, and Jimmy and Callie. It's, it's so weird. It's going to be fireworks when we actually get them all on screen. <laughs> Callie tries to help Jimmy with the screwdriver. He won't let her, which is fair enough because Callie is being a little intrusive here. Yeah. And she says, I guess I better be heading back to the sub. And he goes, before it gets dark. Uh, and Callie's like, fine, rub it in. And then she says, everyone's afraid of something. <laughs> Jimmy says, I'm scared my bike won't get fixed if you stand here yapping. <laughs> Women be talking, right? Right? Oh, <laughs> Girls. Callie kind of flounces out of the shop. And after she flounces? goes... Flounces? Would we say flounces? Well, exits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of a good flounce. <laughs> yeah, Callie's not really the flouncing type. No, no. I think I think Glory probably flounces from time to time. Sydney definitely Sydney flounces. Sydney flounces left and right and center. And uh, Sandy also. Sandy is There's a some flouncer. Yeah. <laughs> after she goes, Jimmy looks around... And then he scurries over to Barrick's bike. And then he gets on it. Putting on a helmet first because safety first. Right. And he pretends like he's riding it. He makes the sounds and everything. He's all... Boom, 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 boom. 
the lights in the tool and die start to change. Music starts. <laughs> Callie pokes her head back in and sees this happening. And then she leaves. It is kind of cute because he's such a kid. You know, like, as you are, when you're 15... You're still going to take the opportunity to yeah. sit on a really dope-ass bike and go, and pretend like you're riding it. Come right. on. I but mean, also, I would still do that now. He takes his arm out of the sling. Like, his arm <laughs> yes. just, like, comes straight out of the sling and, like, gets on the handlebars. So <sighs> Callie clearly thinks this is adorable because she has this cute little smile, and then she leaves to go to the sub. And we cut to a dark alley. Very dark. Of Swan's Crossing. It's the alley that we saw, I think, in, like, the first or second episode with JT and Glory meeting in it. And Neil and Glory are walking Katie home. She complains that JT forgot all about her. <laughs> Which, given JT's track record, 100% accurate. And Neil's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you home instead to Katie. So Glory's kind of trying to smooth things over with Neil. So she's like, how's your work coming along? And he's like, great. Even though it's not great, because JT will not focus. The man they both love is doing them dirty. It's so sad. That's right. Glory tries to make friends with Neil by trying to get more information. She's like, well, tell me about it. Like, I'm interested in your science stuff. And he's way too much of a social ding-dong to pick up on these overtures of friendship. So right. he says, you're not going to understand, so don't ask me. And then she's like, because I'm a, I'm a girl and I'm too dumb? <laughs> and and, and Neil, like, Neil goes, uh-oh. <laughs> like, like Battle of the sexes yeah. is back we, on. We cut... We cut back to Swans, where Saja continues his exploration of veganism. <laughs> it's not going well. By, by, he's, he seems, he has a burger in front of him, and he's obviously been told by the director, do not eat the burger. Do not bite into the burger. <laughs> it, Pretend like you're about to bite into the burger. It's this, definitely going to give you food poisoning. This child it. is not going to eat that burger. <laughs> yeah. But he makes as if he really, really wants to eat the burger. Yeah. Just before yeah. he actually bites into it, Garrett says, I'm out of here, and he drops it like it scorches him. He says, cosmically or on a physical plane? <laughs> and Garrett's like, whatever, do you want to ride home? Mila convinces Garrett to stay for a float. Saja starts on the burger again, and then Nancy interrupts. She says, some girls have an act for making guys feel good. Kind of looking over at Mila and Garrett. <laughs> and Saja looks back at Nancy and goes, yes, and some don't. <laughs> It's ordained in the alignment of the stars. And Nancy, in true Nancy fashion, says, Stars? She hasn't been on TV for years. <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she asks him about the cheeseburger. He says, oh, I ordered it for you. And so she digs into it. And then we cut back to Sydney. Oh, God, the spooky God, forest All is I back. really wanted from this episode was more Sydney. I know. Running through the forest. Like, I this could have... You know what we could have done is replay all of this again the way that we did with the Tutu Loves Mila song. <laughs> because I I would have I would have watched this for a good long time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. It is endlessly entertaining. Uh, she's still running and screaming. We know it's gotten dark elsewhere in Swan's Crossing. It's like sunset-ish now. So it feels like she's been running and screaming for literal hours. Right. And she's running through a graveyard now. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, she trips and falls right. at the foot of a grave, yeah. and suddenly the forest is also a graveyard. Yeah. Which really isn't surprising, because have you been walking through the woods around Roach Harbor? I have not. Oh, Nathan. Is there, is there graves everywhere? There are old graves in a forest on this island. Oh my gosh. Maybe this is a rich people thing, because as we know... The richest people on this island hang out at Roach Harbor. That's it's true. kind of our swan's crossing. Yeah. She discovers that it is the grave of her grandfather. Yes. She looks up. It is inscribed with the name Cyrus Rutledge. Cyrus Rutledge. And she says, Grandfather, 
I swear on your grave, I will never break another promise as long as I live. If only Garrett will forgive me. Oh my gosh. Then she cries into the spooky gothic ether. Garrett, I'll never disappoint you again. <laughs> she gets up and keeps running. Yeah. It is so wonderful. It's I can't so describe good. how great this scene is. It is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. I love it so much. Uh, we cut back to the alley where uh, Glory continues to lay into Neil and Katie as well. And then Callie walks up <laughs> and asks him what he did. And and she she finds out and she's like, if we stand here long enough and he talks slow enough, <laughs> we might just get it. She's like taunting Neil. It's so great. Neil does agree to give Katie a piggyback ride home though, which is pretty cute. So after he kind of zooms off with her on his back, Glory's like, oh, I better go with him. So she leaves and Callie realizes she's alone in the dark and doom music plays. Dun, dun, dun. She peers into the darkness and gasps at something. Could you see what it was? The figure in the shadows. Okay, I can really a, see. There is a person-sized like darker black spot in the okay. dark black spot. Of the, uh, of the shadows. Okay. We cut to Sydney arriving outside of Swans. She stops outside the door. She checks her makeup. She fixes her hair. Kind of. Literally just throws her hat away. The <laughs> hat's a mess now. Shucks it off camera. And she is like bedraggled. She's covered in dirt yeah. and grime. There's like plant life in her hair. She opens the door and walks in. Oh my god. She looks around very slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> Incredibly slowly. And then she sees Mila resting her head on Garrett's shoulder and an awkward teen embrace. Yes. Garrett puts his arm around Mila and rubs her back much too fast to be sexy, as you do when you're teenagers and you want to be sexy, but you're afraid to do it. Yep. She covers her face with her hands and we see that one of her press-on nails has broken clean away. Oh. Sydney exits the cafe in utter disgrace. Falls to the ground beside the bench. Yeah, why didn't she just sit on the bench, but she doesn't? That's not important. I mean, it's it's a much better picture if she falls to the ground beside it. It's probably another grave. It's just not marked. <laughs> it's like one of those memorial benches that has a plaque with someone's name on it. Exactly, exactly. And credits. Yes. Credits roll over Sydney sobbing <clears throat> brokenly on the ground outside Swans. So sad. What a tragedy. So sad. Uh, during this episode... It occurred to me, I think, Mia and Sophia are the only two female characters in this whole series whose name doesn't end in an E sound. Oh, you're right. Sydney, yep. Nancy, Glory, Sal, Sandy. Sandy, Callie. Whoa. Muffy. Oh, shit. Well, Jazz, but Jazz is kind of... Okay, Jazz. Jazz <laughs> is the Jazz. I is bet the her real name exception. is Jazzy, though. Probably. <laughs> Well, anyway, what an episode that was. I mean, we mixed all the genres and it was great. Um, who's our psychopath of the week? I'm, I'm gonna... Oh, jeez. I mean, Garrett's in the running. Probably also JT, though. JT, Jimmy, and Garrett were all kind of yeah. equally crazy to me. I sort of feel like maybe Garrett has to take the crown, though, just because of how detached from reality he is. Mm. He really thinks he's going to get, like, a Major League Baseball contract at age 15. That's true. That's from true. From a single game. The other the other guys are just sort of dealing with the emotions that they have yeah. about the the events that have happened, whereas, whereas Garrett is really off in left field. Although, I, I, gotta, give, I gotta give a little credence to <laughs> Jimmy's... Jimmy's fantasy on the motorcycle. That was pretty so, good. but I, I will, I will go with you on the Garrett. Okay, uh, Garrett, Garrett with Jimmy's runner-up. Are we, are we keeping tabs on 
who has the, like, what's the scoreboard yes, for? Yes, I am okay. keeping tabs on it, and at some point later in the series, we're going to uh, have a feature on who is the most psychotic character in okay. Swan's Crossing. Excellent. Swan count. We have one new fake swan. All right. That brings us to one imaginary swan, 24 actual swans, and we are now up to 50. My God. 50 fake swans. I have a hard time thinking that anybody else will ever catch up. 16 episodes. <clears throat> wow. 16 wow. episodes. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And what are your predictions? Okay. I think next episode we will get the first interaction with Callie and Barrick and Jimmy all in the same room. Very excited to see how that pans out. I think that Sydney is going to try and talk to Garrett privately. Garrett's going to refuse. So their plan B or C or whatever it is, she's going to call for that. And he's going to be like, no. Um, I think that maybe next episode Mila finally goes to Owen's studio to return the drumstick because it's like a gift certificate. And she'll never learn to swim if she keeps carrying the drumstick. (laughs) You can't swim with drumsticks. You can't swim with drumsticks. No one. No one can swim with drumsticks. (laughs) And uh, what else? I think the Baldies come back next episode. We had no Baldies, no FBI guys this time. Okay. Uh, and I think, I think JT and Neil spend all of the episode in JT's room. Hopefully, (laughs) quote unquote, typing. (laughs) Lots of typing. That's what I think. Like what I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, all right. Any other, that, that's it? I think, I think that's it. I, uh, what? So, no, no, no. Sorry. One more thing. We got to know what the next big event is. So maybe maybe we start the planning for the for the stage, the centennial or the the election stage, whatever the thing is, the stage thing. And Sydney is trying to work on that in the next episode. Let me jog your imagination just a bit, if you will indulge me. Yes. Recall back to what Nancy overheard with the coach saying: if Garrett gets into any more trouble oh. off the field, what do you think? Might develop along those lines. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, does Muffy try to get him in trouble? Does, uh, so Garrett... You are underestimating the deviousness of other characters in Swan's Crossing. Let me put it that way. Oh, is Nancy going to try and get Garrett in trouble? Maybe. Oh, I like that. Or Nancy tells Sydney uh, that Garrett is going to get kicked off the baseball team if he gets in any more trouble. So Sydney tries to get Garrett in trouble through setting him up for something. I don't know what. Uh, this is, oh man, this is the content people are here for. Right. Me working, me working on this <laughs> and not coming to any conclusions. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I am excited to see how you react to next episode because next episode has my favorite line of all time in it. Okay. And I know, I just, I can already hear you cackling over it. There, it's it's going to be so next good. Next episode is episode 17 of the series. We yes. have... More than 45, more than 40 episodes to go after that. I am concerned <laughs> that we are going to peak at episode 17. Libby. No, 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 no. We don't peak. It's just a line so good it will blow your mind. Oh my gosh. Okay. Fantastic. I mean, there's still plenty of insane action ahead, <laughs> but as far as lines go, this one takes the cake. Okay. All right. And you'll know it when you when you get to it. It'll, it'll strike you. <laughs> <laughs> right upside the face. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show, Swan's Crossing. Yes, and if you want to find us on social media, you can get in touch with us, touch with us on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod or on Instagram at Swan's Cross Pod. And, boy, until next time, uh, what, what should we think about 
for next time. Um, oh. Uh, see, you usually come prepared with these. I know. I, I mean, I usually just pull it out of my butt on the fly right at the end here, but, like, I'm trying to think of something that is useful from this. Oh, li listen, I know. <laughs> Until next time, may the spank bank fantasy reel in your head be full to the brim of sparkly peach-colored <laughs> Barbie dresses. This one gets worse the more, like, the more words that come out of your mouth. Everything I touch, I destroy. Oh my God. Bye. <laughs>